Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me and uh, a little bit different this week, um, I thought I'd take you along um, on my, my early evening stroll. Uh, I'm running a bit behind, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to multitask and do the podcast record at the same time that I do my walk um, because I've still got other things to do when I get back and I'm already running out of day. So you're going to get a lot of cars, you're going to get a lot of background noise. Um, what I also try and do is post a few pictures so um, I can give you some indication of the things I'm potentially walking past or walking near. So I've just set off uh, or just come past Taylor's Food Store, which is the local deli and sort of grocers and, and what have you in the village. They do fantastic sandwiches. So I've sent a photo of that and then I'm heading out now um, out towards the edge of the village and then into, into Holney Woods and then sort of around the top and we'll, I'll give you a bit more information as I, uh, as I pass by. So um, normal sort of format in terms of a few little things but maybe not in the day format. Um, it's ooh, nearly quarter to seven on Friday night um, so there's a very good chance if you're a patron you might be hearing this in about an hour and a half. Anyway let's crack on and have a bit of that jangly guitar. <laughs> I, like many others, woke up on Monday morning with that kind of sensation in the pit of my stomach of disappointment, uh, disillusionment, desperation, lots of other things that potentially begin with D. And of course, you wake up and you're not quite sure in the first few seconds what that's all about, and then you remember that it's, it's just the game, it's the, it's, the, it's the football match from the night before, and it's the expectation, and then it's the eventual result, and it's the England came up short again. But what's interesting about the match, and what's interesting about the whole tournament really, takes us to that whole thing about football coming home. And the fact is, as far as I'm concerned, football did come home. Uh, now, I could argue that it came home because there was a team that I was, a national team I was proud of, particularly in the way they handled themselves on a whole raft of issues. But I don't want to talk about football off the pitch. I want to talk about football on the pitch. So the reason why I honestly believe that football came home is because I could see this team winning something. I could imagine this team lifting a trophy in a major tournament. And ultimately, isn't that the bit that we want to get to? Because that's never happened in my lifetime. I can't remember a situation where I felt that the national side would actually not only get to a semi-final or a final, but stood half a chance of winning it. And let's face it, we probably went into the final as favourites. So in terms of the journey, in terms of how far we've travelled and the fact that we, we're contenders, Charlie, then football came home because England now is that team. This team, that manager, and let's be honest, we've got five more, sorry, three more tournaments in the next five years. You know, we, we were semi-finalist three years ago, finalist this time round. I mean, we, we've got to look and think that we, we, we stand a really good chance in the next World Cup or the next Euros of, of easily making another final. And then who knows? Because in reality, the, the game on, on Sunday, 
you could say it was going too far, um, but realistically, maybe maybe a tactical decision here, maybe another change there, maybe you know maybe scoring it so early didn't help us. It's a it's a it's a difficult ask of a team and a manager to defend a, a lead that they've got in the first couple of minutes. So there's lots of reasons why it was a very tough game for England to close out, but they will close out the next one, and that's the point. We can all now imagine. So. Football's come home, and I, I couldn't be happier. Um, as I've been walking, I've been walking up the, um, the lane that takes you up to the entrance to, to Honley Woods. So I'll send a picture to give you some indication of the, of the path. It's a lovely tree-lined path um, that I'm, I'm walking on. Um, and then I've got the, the, the tiptoe through the woods coming up, which is also very, very pleasant. And I'm bathed in sunshine. It's a really warm evening so I'll, I'll 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 make this photo number two of the uh of, of the lane and then we'll get on into the woods so i'm walking through honley woods uh quite a sheltered little pathway um almost you know slightly dark as in the, in, in the shadow of the, of the trees and what have you a lot of rain um, a lot of puddles on the ground, there's been a lot of rain uh, prior to the last couple of days being warm, so there's still a lot of rain because it's a sheltered. And I've just walked past um, three metal detectorists, um, three people with metal detectors. I don't know what they're, if there's a, a, a name that they give themselves, um, you know, like a, I think we're, we're bird watchers called twitchers. Twitchers? Not quite sure. Anyway. Um, I don't know if there's a name that detectorists give themselves, but I've just passed three of them. And it's the first time I think I've ever seen three people out with their, I don't even know what they're called, their metal detectors. They're called wands, I'm not quite sure. Anyway, um, so that was quite interesting to see on a Friday night. Uh, and they were, they were sort of, they were youngish folk, so I would have, uh, God, doesn't that make me sound old, youngish folk. But the kind of people I would have expected... And dressed in a way, to be fair, that would have expected they were they were probably about to, you know, should, should be out on the lash, uh, not wandering around in in Holly Woods, seeing what ancient artifacts they can unearth. Anyway, that wasn't what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about I was going to talk about the absolute, you know, ridiculous nature of where Johnson and Patella found themselves on the back of all this thing to do with taking the knee. I'm I'm a little bit. I'm kind of perplexed as to why certain Tory MPs and certain Tory ministers and the Prime Minister decided that going after the England football team, that, that, that deciding to chuck the knee protest in, in, through the culture war lens was a particularly, a particularly good idea. Um, I mean, they said very on, early on in the tournament that it was OK to boo uh, the England team when they were taking the knee. Uh, what they thought... The protest meant I'm not quite sure why they felt that it was something that justified booing uh, I don't I don't know uh, what they were I don't know how that what they were trying to frame this this statement to be something far more political than I think it probably is I've always seen taking the knee as just a, a point of saying look racism's got to go we, we're not going to tolerate it anymore and to be fair you know, footballers are people that, that get this. They get this on the front line. They get the abuse on social media. They get the abuse in person at stadiums. We've got monkey chants. We've got all the things that go on. We know go on, certainly across Europe and I imagine all across the world. So I don't quite understand why 
you would want to make a statement about that if you were Priti Patel, if you were Boris Johnson. I don't quite know what what particular part of the base you're trying to inflame or you know or or, or keep exercised by this particular thing. What's interesting was the way it then plays out, the, the, the awful abuse that was directed towards um, some of the England squad, particularly those players who took penalties. Um, and it was vile. I mean, absolutely vile. And yes, it was a small minority, but it was still absolutely vile. But it was just self-fulfilling. You know, I, the, 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 how stupid does this make... Patel and Johnson look. I mean, in one breath, you would say that they, they almost encouraged it, that, the, that 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 kind of behaviour and that kind of response was was down to the fact that the likes of Pretty Patel and Boris Johnson and the, those various MPs effectively condoned that kind of abuse and encouraged it. But you just made the point even stronger. So the bit I'm struggling with is, who are they appealing to? And and honestly what do they think they're going to get out of it? Because I don't see that being seen to stand with a, a minority of, of truly obnoxious people is doing you any favours and making you look anything other than very small and very out of touch. <laughs> I'm going to talk about fishing, but before I get to fishing, I don't know if it's really fishing or actually fishing tackle, but we'll get to that in a minute. Before I get to fishing, if I look to my left, I can see Castle Hill, which obviously I've mentioned before. But the other thing I can see if my eye line shifts across a little bit is two masts sticking out above a hill. Um, and one of those is, is uh, the Emily Moore mast. And if you've lived Anywhere around Yorkshire for a reasonable amount of time, you will have heard Emily Moore Mass mentioned because for years that's always been the one that bounced the TV signals around. So it was always something that was that was mentioned. Now there's a second mass they built, which is stood next door to it, and Emily Moore Mass is quite an amazing um, uh, construction, and I believe that it houses a couple of you know some stairs and elevators, and you used to be able to go to the top of that. You I don't believe you can anymore. But what's amazing about the view is that these things are stuck above the skyline. If I look now and kind of do that thing, you know where you do that thing where you, you put your hand out and it looks like something's resting on your hand? If I do that thing now and, and, and sort of form a little C, I, the, the, I guess it's about two inches as I look at it in between my hand. But the height of those things, to sit above the hill that's there, you, you, it, it's reason why when you drive past so many more mast, it looks absolutely in incredible in terms of its, its size and stature. Anyway, anyway, back to fishing tackle. So I've mentioned before that I like, I like to fish. Um, and once or twice a year, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take my, my very modest amount of fishing tackle and I'll go and I'll sit by a pond or I'll sit by a canal bank and I'll just immerse myself in watching that the, the orange tip of that float and be transfixed by it and the whole thing that goes with the float moving and what it does and all those all those kind of all those kind of things um and i've started going again recently and i've got a, a friend of mine who's you know who's who i've been going with and uh and 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 i'm still transfixed by the whole nature of being there and, and hours pass in, in you know in what appears to be minutes or seconds and and i find it a really great 
head clear and a great relax. Um, Alison had said to me, she was quite surprised that I'd not I'd not taken golf back up. I used to play golf and I stopped playing golf when the boys were born simply because of the amount of time that it took. And she was quite surprised that I'd not gone back to golf. Well, there's a, I mean, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, in a hugely stereotypical way, I'm not convinced I want to be in a room of that many potential Brexit voting Daily Mail readers. Uh, and I accept that's a hugely, hugely stereotypical statement, but I'm gonna go with it anyway. Um, but secondly, um, I don't find golf relaxing. Um, it wasn't something that I would immerse myself into quite the same extent. And I've been known to throw the odd golf club. In fact, I've been known to throw the odd golf bag because it wasn't, it's not, it's not a sport I ever found brought me anything other than massive frustration. Um, whereas fishing, fishing, I'm quite happy just to, to be there in the moment and, and, and just, you know, let that entire moment move over me. Anyway, the obsession's not come from going that many more times. It's come from starting to buy bits of fishing tackle. Had my Going with somebody who is a proper angler has opened my, my mind up to actually, you know, fishing a, a bit better than I was fishing before. So actually going with the intention of, of catching fish and actually, you know, trying to trying to actually, you know, achieve what you, you kind of set out to achieve. And of course, what that's meant is I've, I've entered this fantastic, and it's a very male world, I think, of just bits of stuff, of boxes with bits of tackle and the things that you need and making sure you've got all the right options for hooks and floats and shot and feeders. And have you got the right size this? And have you got the right size that? And is it in the most easy format to carry and all these kind of things and can you operate with one rod or can you operate with two rods simultaneously or all those kind of things and i found myself i've been completely sucked into this whole world and i've been pouring over you know sight and being really excited when little parcels turn up with just bits of a fishing tackle um so it's become my new obsession um I am obviously worried about it. Of course, I'm worried about it. I uh, I think part of the reason why I'm mentioning it is because, you know, deep down I'm 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 quite concerned about what's happening to me. But on the surface, I'm absolutely loving it. So um, I don't know what else to say other than other than that. Um, and I'll I'll leave you in this section with the fact that I'm sat on a wall, watching, looking out over Emily Moore Mast over Castle Hill, and and just chatting on about tackle. As much as I don't like to say I told you so, I'm going to have to start by saying I told you so. Um, the Covid app has pinged over half a million times this week and whilst I was talking about numbers even higher than that last week, that was based around when case rates were maybe 100,000 plus a day. We started off the week more like 30,000 a day and we've still had that many number of pings. And this is before we've ditched face coverings, before we've ditched social distancing. So that's happening now and the whole thing is going to take on a different level of intensity next week when a proportion of the population, maybe all of it, maybe because they feel pressured, because what we're going to have now is the opposite of pressure that you know the social pressure for people to conform and wear masks it's going to go the other way because there could very well be a very noisy minority pointing the finger at mask wearers and making them feel like 
they're doing the wrong thing and they're somehow being scaremongers. So there's a very good possibility that that ping rate will continue to rise and we will have the situation I spoke about last week with a ridiculously high number of people needing to self-isolate and the harm that will have on the economy. Um, so that actually the thing that we're looking for, which is the bounce back, we could, we could certainly in the short term be putting that at risk because of this almost ridiculous fascination with some kind of freedom. When in reality, what we're talking about is a virus we are going to have to learn to live with. It could be three or four years before this thing mutates out into something where we can manage it in a, in a, a far looser way. But for the time being, we need to manage it in the way that we're managing it. And I just can't believe... Well, it's the mixed messaging again, isn't it? It's the, it's the big statements from, you know, from Sajid and, and Boris at the beginning that... Um, that masks are out, social distancing, it's all done, it's all finished, we're out of the woods, we, but freedom, freedom, you've got your freedom, there you are. And then all that's happened since then is that everybody has rolled back. Everybody is now rolling back on that initial statement. But of course the damage is done. So I'm really, really struggling, and I'll take a moment as this car goes past. I'm really struggling to understand how yet again we've found ourselves here, how nobody in government is learning, and how you couldn't look at the situation and say, look, I'm sorry, when, when we laid out the roadmap 12 weeks ago, we didn't know about the Delta variant. And oh. So anyway, I hate to say I told you so, but I can't help thinking a week further down the line, a lot of what I was spouting on about last week has, has, has turned out to be right on trend and, and I don't see that trend, you know, changing anytime, anytime soon. Okay, what have we learned? What have we learned from this little experiment of me trying to record a therapy for me while going for a walk? Well, first off, I still struggle to walk and talk. I don't know what it is. It's absolutely mental because it makes no sense, because it's got... But for whatever reason, I sound like I'm out of breath when I'm walking and talking, and I don't quite get it. But anyway, we'll leave that one to one side. So we've we've learned that that's not changed and got any better. Um, what's the other thing that we've learned? Well, we've learned that it absolutely hits your walking distance times really hard when you try and do this when you try and record a podcast whilst going out for your walk i've not got into a rhythm all night and i'm running running walking 22 minute miles and i normally walk 15 16 minute miles so i, I clearly can't do the two at the same time which talks very much to the thing i've always known that i can't multitask how am i going to finish the week off well first off i i need to say thank you to um to kerry and to rich and to quartz um, and I do know your name, Quartz, because it's on your Patreon information, but I'm not going to mention it because you clearly make your username I am Quartz, so I'm going to stick with that. Um, because the, the, those three lovely people have decided to, um, to support the Therapy For Me podcast and have, have signed up to be patrons over the course of the last couple of weeks. And I've not had a chance to, to thank you, as I need to thank continually to thank all the other patrons for this for this podcast because it's 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 nice to know that anybody's listening and it's it's a real um uh, sort of 
treat and it's really humbling to know that not only do you listen but that you throw a few quid in you know into the pot and and help keep the thing keep the thing spinning and i really really appreciate it i really appreciate the support for this and the support i get for the 942 podcast with jason and the support i get for uh the crying Darius podcast with steve age so thank you very much to you three but thank you to everybody else as well and welcome to rich kerry and quartz and it also reminds me we're overdue at having a patron zoom and we must do that fairly fairly shortly because there's lots we could bang on about um what else do i want to i want to say um i want to say congratulations to jason uh 942 jason because he's just had results in from his BIM students and his, his, the course that he runs at BIM about event management has been voted the best course at, at BIM Birmingham by the students, which I think is a huge achievement and a huge accolade. So uh, congratulations to Jace, who was very touched by it today when we recorded a, a 942 this morning with a great, a, a great and lovely guitarist called Chris Book. And Jason was, we were chatting beforehand and he was clearly touched by you know by being voted sort of a best course by the i guess by the users so so congratulations uh, jace and i didn't really have enough time this morning to to congratulate you properly uh, because i was too busy ripping you about your red and white hooped breton shirt um so great news for jace and love you to bits and hopefully we'll get together for a coffee soon i know we've been talking about it for ages um the other thing i wanted to say was i want to say thank you to everybody who got in touch a couple of weeks ago and and continues to get in touch um with regard to um the comments about uh, danny boy uh, about my my good friend dan who unfortunately passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago and um the funeral's the funeral's next week, uh, and I'm going to go over. It's uh, um, it's just it's it's uh, you know it's not possible to actually go to the funeral itself because it's a small crematorium. But I can go over and pay my respects. And there's nowhere I am going to be on that day than at least over there, um, you know, saying my farewells and and having a having a, a smile uh, about all the memories I have of Dan so um but but the, I had so many nice comments from so many people um including one that came in today um from a a, 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 a very long time and good friend Angie who uh, I don't speak to anything like often enough um and I even forgive for being a Leeds United fan um as well because she caught up on the podcast over the course of the last couple of days and and dropped me a really nice message as well so thank you to everybody who who um you know sent me best wishes and sent me thoughts on the back of on the back of that um it really it really does help um and it um it was just nice to be able to talk about it um and and share a few th thoughts you know with regard with regard to to danny boy um and that's that's about it i'm walking uh, in terms of an update on where the walk's taking me i'm walking down through um oldfield which is a little kind of hamlet um on the edge uh, of the village um and i'm on a i'm on the the last little bit we're with with 3.7 miles in we've got about three quarters of a mile to go and that'll finish off it's still beautiful absolutely glorious evening um i think i've just passed my 
seventh post box. I never counted post boxes before, but I think I've just passed my seventh. And I'll send you a picture of this road as I walk down as the final little one that we'll, we'll have. So I think I've got four or five photos to, to share. And I've tried to do one with Castle Hill and, and uh, Emily Moore Mass, so I'll see if that one comes out uh, as well. Uh, I can smell uh, barbecue. Um, so there's, there's, there's barbecue in the air, which is uh, exactly what I'm going home to do, actually. Um, so I, I hope you're all well. I wish you all um, the, very, the very best. I hope you enjoy the weather over the weekend if you're in a place where the weather is doing what it's doing in the UK at the moment. Um, and I look forward to speaking to you all next week. If you've enjoyed Therapy For Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.